0: this is one in 54 a presentation of anderson center for autism one in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm speaking to another Eliza, which I don't think has ever happened in um, the history of this show. Eliza Factor of uh, multiple many backgrounds and, and many things we're going to talk about today, but uh, close to home, from Lonely Worm Farm, Eliza. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Well, thank you, Eliza. One <laughs> of I, I, I do a lot of disability like talk about disabilities because of of my work, and uh, I'm always t- talking about how we all have disabilities, and one of mine is that. I'm really bad with people's names. So I'm so thrilled that you realize that. It's like, okay, yeah, I've got this one, this one. I hope.
0: I hope I don't forget my own
1: name, but that's happened also.
0: (laughs) Well, it is a little unusual. I'm um, just saying your own name to someone else, but I think we're good. (laughs) We're going to get through it. Um, So I had uh, sort of the happy accident of meeting you. Um, I guess it's not really an accident, but just the way things happen um, often in life. I was introduced to you uh, a few months ago through a mutual acquaintance, um, a member of Anderson's board of trustees uh, named Brittany, who um, met you, I think in a more professional capacity through her work and um, got to talking and, you know, I just have to bring it back to the, the name of the show is one in 54 because that statistic is the number of children who receive a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder in the United States as of today. And um, that sort of manifests itself in a lot of different ways out in the world and in your daily life. And in this case, it really goes to show that if you have any type of connection well, yeah. to somebody on the autism spectrum, and you're the kind of person who either volunteers as Brittany does, or works in the field as I do, or does both as you do, um, and has a personal connection, like there, it's going to come out at some point. And then you suddenly realize how tiny and connected that community is is. And that's how this all came to be. So, um, so as we talk, we'll I'm sure touch on things we discussed when I got the beautiful chance to come and see your farm and meet you in person. But before that, if you would give us a little bit of your background, Eliza, and tell us kind of who you are, where you're from, how this all started, and and then we'll get into the farm itself.
1: All right. Um, I am, I, I guess I'm a novelist by trade and, uh, um, I'm married to a wonderful man named Jason who's a lawyer and we had a pretty, um, I guess, you know, I kind of felt like I was marrying into a conventional life when I married him. Cause I, you know, mine wasn't,
0: <laughs> but and, well, I mean, I, I love lawyers. <laughs> but yeah. He's a lawyer. So I, a I, lawyer. I understand.
1: So anyway, we had uh, our, our first child is Felix who um, was uh He was a 9-11 baby, actually. I wasn't really sure about Mm -hmm. having children because I'm basically an artist. And so a lot of me is selfish and wants to work on my own stuff. And then um, Jason was, he worked right where the towers are. And so I didn't know if he was coming back. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was kind of walking through this mist looking for him going, if he's alive, we're having a, a child. You know, it was just like, it was so clear. And he was, and so we had Felix, and um, and then Felix was just really um, kind of a wonderful, wonderful, but very peculiar baby. And I would have, I mean, I think I would have seen more of his peculiarities if he hadn't been my first um, born. But but you know, he he didn't. He was very kind of ragdollish and. Um, he loved music, but he wasn't interested in toys and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It turned out that he had, um, he, he had probably, his brain had been damaged, um, when, I, when I was pregnant, um, cause I had the chicken pox. And so oh. he really has like a whole bunch of disabilities and it's, it's not just, he's definitely a very, um, you know, he has a high Number on the autism scale or whatever, whatever that is these days. But um, but he also has cerebral palsy and mm-hmm. um, a whole bunch of uh, disabilities. And so for, so for that reason, I've always really been interested in bringing people with multiple disabilities together, or or you know you know like seeing the 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 inner uh, kind of experience of disability it doesn't really matter what disability you have. It's mm-hmm. that that feeling of being isolated and. Um, and in your gifts not being perceived because um, mm-hmm. they're unusual, um, and you know that struggle to to be recognized and um, to find a place in the world. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so that's so, so anyway. I am I am somebody who was transformed by my son's um, disability uh, to you know to, to to start a community center in um, in Brooklyn uh, that brought people together, and it was interesting like. Felix's, Felix's, being with Felix has just been such an incredibly rich, difficult experience on so many levels. But like to go back to like my professional um, calling really is to be a writer and he doesn't use language. And so that, that dynamic has been so fascinating. And I mean, I think he's, he's made my writing so much more powerful because because of that, you know, like, like communicating outside of language really helps
0: when you do communicate with language. <laughs> That's so interesting. I want to just stop for a second, pause you just for a second to take in, because that was, you know, it was a lot. And That's I was a lot. To take I'm in, sorry. Then, Once I no, really no, no, no. Just... Don't apologize. It's, it's wonderful. And it's, I always appreciate um, when people are willing to sort of go, go deep and really share on this show, because I think it, it does help Anybody who's listening, so many things could be resonating with with them. Um, what you just said about so much of your being prior to having children being, you know, yourself as an artist and and uh, and in this case, an author, and then having, you know having this opportunity, which I'd say is an opportunity to think outside of traditional language, um, but that being such an avenue for so much of your art and so much of your expression. so, So can you give even just any example? I would assume that might be hard, but is there like any sort of example you can give of a moment when you were um, either found a pathway around it or or wrote something in a way that you wouldn't have historically because of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of my writing teachers had... We used to say, you know, you're too much in your head. You know, you're not enough in your body. Or like, we've been with my my characters. He's like, I want, I want their bodies. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you want? She put her elbow on the table. Like, how does that make this scene better? It doesn't. But then when Felix was, you know, developing, and then you know, I was realizing that we had like all. I mean, he communicates very well. It's just not through language, and it's not through conventional signs or anything like that. It's, but I mean, at first I thought it was telepathy and maybe there's something of that in there, but I think it's really like you focus so deeply on his body, his complexion, his gaze, his breathing. Like you're just, you really are looking at the the full experience of Felix when you're trying to understand him. Mm -hmm. And it's so much richer than just listening to somebody's words. Because as you know, I mean, people say ridiculous things. It really, you know, like yeah. what's up? Every yeah, like, once in a while, I mean, like that's not there's not like a lot going on there. But there is a lot going on there if if you're taking in the body and the tone and the right. and the, the look and the gleam in the eye. Right. And so because of because of like just really focusing on Felix's body, I started to see. I started to uh, understand. I mean, I started doing the same when I was talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so like conversation just became much more, like I always kind of knew what someone was gonna say because I was looking at their body. And I, I it was just so interesting to me how much, you know, I I could I kind have, of, I mean, you know that, that you know that as a fact, anybody knows that, but if you're not really relying on reading body language, mm-hmm. then the, those skills don't get honed. Um, and so then, you know, like writing fiction afterwards, like I, you know, I just have so much more, the the characters are just so much more alive because they're breathing you know they they're you found, you little, found
0: their bodies your teacher yeah. would be proud yes that was cool. well, you know yeah. th- it's very interesting that you say that cuz i it, what i keep thinking of as you're talking is um sort of in the general in the general world and in the general society and growing up and and i'm not a writer but but you know i enjoyed writing and i loved to read and um so between that and my traditional schooling, but also in the context of learning about working with people with autism, as I have being at Anderson over the last 15 years, you know, body language is almost almost always talked about in terms of context. It provides context for what's really being said. It provides, you have to pay attention to people's body language um in order to really understand intention or you know and and to make sure that you're not misperceiving what somebody's trying to get across the message which i think is true but when you're talking i'm thinking wait a minute let's flip that upside down body language is the communication body is the communication maybe everything else around it is the context um and and so it's kind of a very it's a it's a i can i just can kind of feel what you're talking about in terms of um, switching almost in a, in 180 degree way, um, the way you had approached communicating and expressing what you wanted to express. Um, cause just as you were describing that hyper-focus on your developing child's body, um, if we all think back, those of us who've raised children, if, if you think back to when your child was a baby, whether they became, um, a vocal person or not, um, in the beginning, that's what you're doing. You're staring at them all the time, and yeah. and um, and and then I can certainly relate to the fact that I listen far more to some of the very ridiculous things that my children say. Um, and give them probably way more credence and power than if I were just still staring at their bodies saying, hmm, you know, maybe I can get a little bit different <laughs> other feelings based on that. So it's, um, I love those lessons that just come through as I'm talking to people. So thank you for that. Um, we um, amazingly already are halfway through. So um, I know it goes quick. But when we come back, I want to jump back. I know you kind of left off when you were in Brooklyn and starting this community center. And then I'd love for you to pick back up on that and then bring us to the farm, because I really want, especially our local listeners, to know that it's there and what what it is now and what it's going to be very exciting. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski, and we'll be right back. You've heard it said, he's a diamond in the rough, or maybe diamonds are forever. Here's something else I've learned about diamonds. They're just pieces of coal put under pressure for a long, long, long time. So when I start feeling like I want to give up, I think about that little piece of coal, And if that piece of coal can make something of itself by not giving up, so can I. Persistence is in you. From PassItOn.com. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? look no further than high school sports in new york this message presented by the new york state public high school athletic association and the new york state athletic administrators association and now one in 54 continues on 100.7 whud this is a weekly community affairs program presented by the anderson center for autism Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozensky and I am speaking with Eliza Factor, um, author, artist, mother... Um uh, farmer, um, philanthropist. I, I don't know. There's many, many of the names for you, but uh, it's been a really interesting first half of our conversation. And I'd love to just throw it back to you. Um, when we left off, we were talking about what you started in Brooklyn, sort of inspired by your son, Felix, and uh, and then bring us up to, uh, to what you're doing now. All
1: right. Great. Thanks, Eliza. Um, yeah. Well, Felix inspired extreme kids and crew, which was a nonprofit that brought families with kids with any sort of disability together through the arts play conversation. We had like these play spaces where people could just come and be. Um, and there was obviously no judgment because everybody was living in this understand, you know, intimate understanding of, of disability. And, um, that we're 10 years old this year and the, um, experience of starting that a nonprofit and really being very involved in it throughout the years has been just so positive And, um, so many, I've met so many people and, you know, we have such power, um, over an influence over each other, like over each other's moods. And, and, you know, like we don't think a hello or something is that big a thing, but it really can be. And so creating these spaces where people can come and just kind of, Shine for each other, even yeah. even if they're not shining. I mean, even if they're just crying. But you know, like you know, they can just just kind of the, the connections between people are just incredibly powerful. Is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Um, and so I when when Felix enjoyed Extreme Kids and Crew, but he actually didn't enjoy uh, New York City very much. And um, he ended up going to a, a wonderful residential school called the Center for Discovery, um, and he's much happier in. in in nature, Um, you know, in, in, I mean, everything's nature, but, you know, in the country landscape and he loves the elements, he loves the wind, he loves the rain, he loves the smell of meadows. I mean, he's just, um, he's just really much more receptive and relaxed out here. Um, And so when, you know, he's going to graduate when he's 21 and we're trying to figure out where he can live. And um, I started looking around at, uh, places that might be good. I got really inspired by Camp Hill communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but those communities don't really work that well for people with who are in wheelchairs. I mean, they, there's so much. Um, I mean, Felix just needs 24 seven help, like just to do everything. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to kind of create that environment that I saw at Camp Hill with like, you know, this beautiful um, farm um, where people are working side by side and making beautiful things and eating together and, um, but do that where, where somebody like Felix could live. Right. Um, um, and so like basically kind of create a community, a, a communal um, arts and farm program around him. Um, so. That's what we're doing it's called the lonely room farm and it's not going to be a residence for people but it would be a day program where um, people from a, who live near Rhinebeck or Hyde Park or Poughkeepsie um, who have a disability could come like Monday through Friday and help grow medicines you know like we we're doing a lot of uh, herbal um, medicine in the beginning um, and then eventually we'll have a, um, like a wheelchair accessible orchard which I'm really excited about but Orchards take some years to do. And there's so many wonderful plants already growing. there, like, you know, wild plants and stuff that you can harvest and turn into tinctures and salves. And I just I really like the idea of people with disabilities making medicines, um, you know, traditional medicines. These are not pharmaceutical (laughs) drugs or anything like that. It's home remedies. Um, But, you know, like making them and selling them, you know, at a farm stand will make and um, you know, and, and educating the public about what, you know, all of the treasures that are growing all around us and you know, all the treasures that we are, like each person is mm-hmm. is is a treasure and that's not always seen.
0: I, I agree with you. I think um I think you know, I think when I, I have the chance to come and visit you at the farm, which I would encourage people to to go to your website, which is lonely farm. .com. .com, yes. Um, and there is a story behind the lonely worm. Um, there are more <laughs> worms there now, but I think in the beginning there was, it was a little surprising when you just found the one. Yeah.
1: The land needs it. Some It needs to be brought into fertility as somebody told
0: right. me. Right. But it is an absolutely stunning setting. It is. So it's one of those places where as soon as you get it out of your car, there's just a sense of peace and calm. And, um, and I would think that, um, pretty much for anybody who would go visit it, it it brings that, but certainly for a family who is like so many, especially these days in New York state, at least, but I think all over um, kind of looking right into the same um, thing that you're looking at, which is my child's going to graduate from a residential program. And what are they going to do after that? Because we are not in a fantastic state. Um, I don't mean New York state, but in, in a fantastic situation when it comes to, um, options for adults with, um, with disabilities who need care, um, you know, professional care, maybe would benefit from a group home or a small setting with, with individualized 24 seven care, anything like that. There's just not enough. Um, and so, you know, after speaking with you, but also getting a chance to speak with so many families from Anderson, also just the idea of being able to go somewhere with your child where there's that feeling of, um, just it's okay. Like this place is, you know, nobody, there's no judgment and, and yes, there are gems and treasures in the world around us, but also like you just said, I am a gem and a treasure and, and, you know, or my child is a gem and a treasure. And it's just, it's really got that feeling kind of as soon as you, you get, um, you get there, I believe you are, um, open, not necessarily for just the random stop by, but I think that you are always looking for people who might be interested in volunteering at the farm. There's work to be done, but it's that kind of unbelievably rewarding, get your hands dirty um, in a really beautiful setting, knowing that it's going to help so many people um, kind of work. So I, again, would encourage our listeners to visit lonelywormfarm.com and get in touch with Eliza for opportunities. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: yeah, there'll definitely be opportunities Lot, in the spring tons. And and next summer we're going to have like a pick your own flower thing. So, you know, so there'll be lots of ways to come and visit.
0: Perfect. I think that's lovely. And I, I can tell you when we were walking around um, together, I think we got to talking about um, the number of people that I interview on this show who are parents, um, so many of whom find ways to to really marry their passions and um, and creativity with something that will benefit their child or children but also with sort of this additional benefit because so many times i find that the parents i talk to are are incredibly selfless they're they're not they're not <laughs> necessarily, you know, thinking about their next career move or what's best for them. They've really lived this life for so long about, you know, making sure that my child's going to be okay, that there's this this wonderful benefit when when families are, are finding creativity in this way um, that benefits them as an entire family. And I believe Felix has siblings. So I would, you know, I I, I think it would be yeah. um, it's nice to know that, that that there's a family benefit to all of this too. And, and your ideas for the future are encompassing of a really um well maybe just a minute or two you could tell us like sort of in the future um while it wouldn't be a residential program necessarily um you are you do have some pretty solid thoughts about what a weekend might look like at the farm right for people who want to bring their children
1: for sure no i have yeah i'm kind of basing a lot of our programming off of the drop-in program we did in the city um Mm -hmm. so you could come and you know, pick your own apples or take a class um, on, you know, how to uh, harvest wild herbs. Um, and you would be doing it with your family. Um, the class, all, all of the things we'd offer are incredibly flexible. So, you know, somebody doesn't want to sit at a table and draw a picture. That doesn't matter. You know, they can go walk around the duck pond. You know, it's like, it's not, there's no it's not a formal place at all it's more a place where you offer um arts and farming opportunities as a way to bring people to that site and then Mm -hmm. once they're at that site it's the interaction of this beautiful landscape and them and the other people that creates whatever's going to happen you know our our programming is really really loose and it's all you know it's of course, we, I love art and stuff, so it's great. You know, sometimes amazing art gets made, but it's not really about the product. It's about the opportunity to work together and learn from each other and to, you know,
0: to Learn, yeah. And it also sounds like it's about relationships, which um, yeah, I, sure. I, I know that um, you know Felix has uh, multiple challenges. However, um, there is there are so many myths that continue to this day about um, people with autism, but also people with um, with various disabilities. And, and one of the myths that probably makes me the most upset um, is the idea that that they don't want to relate with other people or they don't um, want to make friends or be around other people. And I mean, it really wasn't that long ago that, that the general consensus was people with autism really just preferred to be in their rooms with the door closed. And yeah. so let's let them do that, which I am yeah.
1: Um I yeah. know so, that right, you know, like when I, I didn't know anything about autism and I was like, Of course my son doesn't have autism. He's the most affectionate person in the world. Right. And autistic people, you know, I'd heard don't know how to love. So that's
0: that's what he's good at. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I think that that's wonderful that, you know, that that's one, another additional benefit of just hearing more and more about these types of programs and just the creativity, the ideas, the welcomeness, the the welcoming and the openness to, to both your, your ideas, but also there's, there's definitely a spark of you that I pick up that's sort of always open to, and then we'll just also see what happens. Like, um, (laughs) I think if you don't leave yourself that, that, right. You don't leave yourself that, that opportunity. Um, it can be limiting. So I, again, we're pretty much out of time. There is more to this story. A lot of it is on the website that you can read a little bit more about Eliza. You can certainly um, read her books and um, maybe make a plan to go visit the farm. But I just want to thank you, Eliza Factor from Lonely Worm Farm. Really appreciate you being on the show today and telling us about the farm and the plans and, and your history.
1: Thank you so much, Eliza. It's it's always wonderful talking with you.
0: Likewise. Thank you for being on the show. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.